thanks to our title sponsor, National University. National University is committed to supporting veterans, active duty personnel, and military families through flexible online courses and master's and doctoral programs in high-demand fields, providing excellent career advancement opportunity. National University is a yellow ribbon school that proudly accepts the post-9-11 GI Bill and goes the extra mile by offering additional assistance to cover expenses that may not be covered by the GI Bill. To learn more, visit nu.edu forward slash veteran. Hello, everyone. Vincent Aiello here, founder and host of the Fighter Pilot Podcast. If you are a podcast fan or military aviation enthusiast, then you already likely know that the U.S. Navy Flight Demonstration Squadron, better known as the Blue Angels, is transitioning to the FA-18EF Super Hornet after 34 years flying the Legacy Hornet. In fact, we had an episode all about Blue Angel transitions with U.S. Navy Captain Ryan Bernacki, who returns to the show via Zoom. How's it going, Guido? It's going great, Joe. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, sure thing. Good to have you back. And also joining us today is the current Blue Angel Super Hornet Transition Director, Captain Eric Doyle. Greetings, Popeye. That's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is good stuff. So you guys are kind of the brains behind this. Guido, as I recall, you had more of the historical leading up to it, and Popeye, you're leading it now. So Popeye, just give us an update on where we're at. I mean, we have all seen probably photos of blue jets flying around Pensacola with the square intakes of the Super Hornet, but also some green ones, it looks like. So where are we in the transition from the Hornet to the Super Hornet? Yeah, we're, we're right in the middle of the transition. So we've got five blue Super Hornets on deck here in Pensacola. And as you said, one gray with a little bit of green and even a little bit of yellow on it. It's partially modified. So as we work with Boeing, we're getting some of the jets here kind of mid-mod so we can fly them a little bit. And that gray jet you may see on TV, it's got that green and blue paint kind of all over the place. Uh, it'll head back to Boeing here soon and finish its modification. So with that, we're flying the jets. Uh, they're flying really nice. Uh, I think it's going to be a great show. They, uh, they're they a little different than the Legacy jet, but by and large, it's an F-18 and it's uh, it's going well. Yeah, good. Well, and that was the discussion we had, Guido, right? Was you have all these procedures for the show and you go out and you do some actual flying in a Super Hornet, but then also a bunch of high fidelity simulator work. So is it from your seat there, Guido, is it progressing the way you guys planned and expected all along? I would say absolutely. You know, the simulator, we were flying a special simulator, a really high fidelity simulator at Pax River, as you mentioned, Jello. And we had the modifications of the software, you know, the, the spring on the stick and all those things. But it's still not the same as good as a simulator is. It's still not the same as the airplane. And in particular, it's not the same for the wingman flying formation. So while I could fly the profile of the one jet, we didn't really know what it would feel like to, you know, two through six in, in their roles. And so that's where I think what was really important was having ex-Blue Angels like Boss Doyle and some of his wingmen. Actually, there were some of mine and I think some of his, but a, a convergence of former Blue Angels that know what they're doing to get in the actual jets and without a lot of pressure for the, you know, winter training to figure out what works and, and to very methodically move from the simulator into each maneuver. So I'm really excited to hear how that's going from Popeye's perspective. I know he's been working really hard at it, but I, I think this step of, of having having what we call the phase two, where we have jets in Pensacola and Blue Angels flying them was really, really important in, in the risk mitigation of going into this transition. Yeah. Has any of this process been affected by COVID? I know this whole air show season in 2020 was basically a wash, but was this the regular timeline and has COVID affected it at all? 
it's affected a few spots here and there. If you look at all the suppliers that build the Super Hornet, or at least build the modification to this blue aircraft, mm -hmm. it's affected some of them a little bit. But thankfully for the transition, COVID hasn't had a lot of impact because we've been here in Pensacola for the transition. Boeing's in Cecil Field there in, in Jacksonville, Florida, and they've stayed pretty healthy uh, at those locations. So as far as we've been concerned, we've been handling it pretty well. Yeah. The team, however, unfortunately, as you said, their season was hurt by COVID, didn't get to do a lot of air shows, actually did no air shows this mm. year uh, into the flyover status. But otherwise, the transition's tracked. Yeah. And is the plan to completely do the transition if this was a normal season that we're right now where you would, I, I think, be starting your winter training anyway? Is the idea that we ended last season, we're starting next season just like we do before, but now we're in a new airplane? Yeah, you bet. So my role in the transition is starting to fade away a little bit, and we're okay. handing the on over to the team. They just started some training sorties here. So the solos did a couple sorties this week, and the diamond or one and two have flown this week twice so far. And uh, so just prior to this phone call today with you, I was on the phone with Boss Kesselring for about an hour going over things like the diamond burn and go and the diamond aileron roll and the diamond dirty loop. And all the little nuances and, the, and really at the end of the day, the demo is going to look very similar and it's going to fly very similar, but every maneuver and every procedure has got little differences. And so we talked for a good hour. I think we got through three maneuvers. Wow. So Guido, both of you have been former Blue Angel bosses, but when you, in your experiences, Guido, started off on the team, there was all that corporate knowledge that you were able to get from whoever you relieved. But now G's going through this with a whole new airplane. I mean, what, what do you think that must be like? That exact premise was, was one of the main impetus uh, of standing up a separate parallel transition team so that we would avoid getting to this exact moment in time and just handing the jets to him and saying, all right, figure it out, fellas. You know, you've got to be on the team and you should be good to go. And that's that's what happened in 1986. And Boss Rude and uh, the number four back then was um, a lieutenant at the time, but went on to be a four-star Admiral, Pat Walsh, Admiral Anderson, who was five. We talked with those guys early on and they said, you know, hey, that is not the way to do it. We didn't really have a choice then, but with those lessons learned and that knowledge, let's do this differently this time. And so that was really, you know, the impetus going back to my first year in 2016. And we started getting a whole bunch of calls about the transition. And the previous boss that had turned over to me, Boss Frosch, had done a little bit of work too and, and was trying to kind of insulate us from that. And we said, boy, that's a good model. We really need to try to institute that. And so starting in 2018 and, and then now through me handing off to Popeye and some of the other team, and, and you know, as, as Popeye said, it's not just, you know, a couple of old guys in flight suits. There's a, a huge array of people. In fact, all the brains really behind all this are in Pax River, the engineers and, and the program managers that figured out how to make all this happen on this timeline. And for a lot of the time I was involved, 2022 or 2023, those winters were really the targets. And we kept pushing it left saying, you know, this would be the ideal time. And, you know, no idea that a pandemic was going to hit. But to, to have all of that happen and, and to have everything in place for the team to start accepting jets, to have Boss Kesselring and the rest of the team coming off of a year where they've really got to do not air shows, but a lot of training together is, is really an ideal setup for them to then take a, what's normal in the winter uh, and apply it to a new airplane with a little bit more time on either end. Yeah. So 
Papa, you talked about the aircraft going through mod. And, and uh, again, we talked about just what it looks like, but I know there's a lot more to it than that, right? So when you get an airplane from the fleet to become a Blue Angel, what does it need to go do besides get painted? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it's funny. I, I broke out my logbook today. So one little interesting note, Guido and I, 20 years ago to this day, we were on cruise together on the oh, wow. Lincoln. And sister squadrons uh, on our first cruise on the yeah on the Lincoln. As I was looking through Bunos and aircraft that I've flown, just after that is when when my squadron transitioned to the Super Hornet, and we're flying those airplanes now. My first flight in F-18 was one of our F-8. Excuse me, one of my first flights in the F-18 Super Hornet was is one of our jets now so they may be new to the blue angels but they're they're kind of old in uh, in fleet terms so when they come to modification they go to cecil field and they basically get broken down completely so they they take them they strip all the old paint off and as you said the obvious changes are smoke and paint are a couple of big uh, modifications there uh, another thing that gets added is inverted fuel pumps so when we fly upside down those tanks are made to fly upside down for a short period of time uh, in the fleet. But here with some of the maneuvers, both the Diamond and Solo do, we need a little more time inverted, so get invert, inverted fuel pumps. And then there's a host of other smaller modifications that just help the jet get through what can be a 32 or 33 air show season. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a lot of flying and, and a lot of air shows. So it's not just the jet, it's the sustainment for our maintenance department to maintain 11 aircraft through that pretty rigorous season. So there's a lot to get those jets there, and but they are looking wonderful. Yeah, and you just made the point I wanted to make, which is it's not just the six you see in the show. It's also number seven, which is typically, as I understand, a two-seater, but also then a bunch more in case you have a problem. So it's not just those six. Is that right? So it's up to 11, almost like a regular squadron? Yeah, so we're, we're outfitted with 11. Just as you know, in a regular squadron, you're not going to have just the aircraft you need to fly. Right. Periodic maintenance, the jets need to go into the hangar and spend a few weeks just getting uh, repaired or just uh, take care of periodic things that just need to get updated. Yeah. So yeah. in order to do that, to fly six jets in a show and then bring the seven jet out there, you're going to need uh, a few more. And so at the eventual, when we get the 11 aircraft, that should happen here in, uh, in January. Okay. And tell me about the actual transition. So what are some of the first flights? Again, we talked about the fact that we've seen two aircraft together. Are we starting as just individual Blue Angel pilots going out and flying and then get together and do some maneuvers and then ultimately end up in a six plane? Or what's what's the process actually yeah. look like? Crawl, walk, run is kind of the sure. mindset there. So the other modification we get that I didn't mention is software. So mm. Just like your computer or your phone, it gets an update and Blue Angel software is a little bit different. There's some things that are mechanized for the way we fly that so you're not getting cautions or things like that while you're flying. So we go out and kind of put them through those paces just to make sure that the modification works. And uh, in the test world, you call that regression testing and operational tests. So inevitably when you build a new software, even in your computer, things that worked before tend to break. So that's what we're doing with, with the new software is take it out there and make sure it's working correctly. Once the jets are ready to go, then we start in more of a well-cleared position, uh, start doing loops and rolls and just basic turns like we would on, on any season. And then we kind of move into more complicated maneuvers and bring more wind in. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And so you can have all that ready to go for theoretically a March opener? Yeah, that's a hope. Uh, that's, the, that's the plan, I should say. So yeah. as Guido mentioned a moment ago, the plan was the transition team or transition pilots, old Blue Angel pilots. Uh, maybe not so old, but old for sure. Uh, <laughs> flying awesome. these maneuvers, 
and trying to get it all tied up in a bow so we'd hand it off to them and they could go fly fly the show. But even today, I was on the phone with Boss Gessering and we were talking about loops. And there are some nuances to how you can do the loop in the Super Hornet. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, God, I wish we would have had that nailed down flat. But at least they've got a good starting point and they can whittle that down to more of a, more of a procedure they can put into the show. So again, it should be late March, early April. First show, it's going to be awesome. World situation permitting. Guido, does some of the information, like what he just mentioned with the loop, does that make its way back to the folks at Pax River with that high fidelity simulator? Does, is there a feedback loop in a sense? I'm not sure. I know that in the year that I spent back and forth to the simulators, I, I must have flown three or 400 loops in different formats. And so as Popeye was mentioning, he's talking with Boss Kesselring about loops and it's still not quite nailed down. I was kind of smiling because I tried a whole bunch of different ways to do it with speed brakes, without speed brakes, different power transitions, different kind of G loadings on the front and the backside. And so I'll be really curious to see what happens. But I don't know that, uh, you know, maybe I'd, I'd defer to Popeye and, sit and ask if, you know, if you guys are bringing that stuff back to Steve Naylor and the crew in packs to see if if they're doing additional analysis, but probably, you know, the simulator work was mostly about the, is it safe and what procedures are a good place to start from? And then we were also looking heavily at the fatigue on the airframes and trying to calculate that out across all the different, you know, different show configurations and, and, and out into the future. And so I think probably most of that work is done, but I'll, I'll kick that back to Popeye and see, see what the feedback loop is looking like. <laughs> The best way to answer a question is with it depends, as you know, but uh, it does. <laughs> That's our favorite. Uh, yeah, so, but it definitely does. I, I was, again, just prior to this, answering an email or at least being taking part in an email from some of the folks up there at Pax River regarding some of the software stuff. And uh, as Guido talked about, those simulators up there in Pax, are, they're awesome. The man flight simulator is very high fidelity, and you could actually do test sorties in those things uh, to put a software or an aircraft through test or a weapon perhaps. But beyond that is all the, all the engineers that basically live right there. They know everything. They basically built the, the Super Hornet. So anytime we have a question, uh, if it's not in the book that we have here, they have the answer and they get back to us right away. So if it's a little nuanced how we fly a loop thing, that might stay here with Boss Kessering and myself and Guido. But if it's coming down to flight controls where the speed brakes work, we're on the phone with them or an email with them all the time. And, and then they get right on it and get mm. fit. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's a lot of okay. fun. So a lot of back and forth, it sounds like. When I flew the Hornet and the Super Hornet, my opinion was the Hornet was a bit more agile, a little more nimble. I guess those are about the same. And we did speculate a little bit with Guido back on our episode about this, but do you foresee the show changing? Is there anything about the Super Hornet that's going to affect what the casual air show attendee might see if they were to see it two years ago and now this coming year? Yeah. So this is probably the, the most asked question about the transition <laughs> is what's different. And, and I think a lot of folks expect some crazy new maneuver. And I, I guess the way I, I like to answer this question is we're trying to make it look as similar to the last air show as we can. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, not because we want to make it the same show is it's all about safety first. And if we can validate the current demo and, and make it work with the current plane or the new plane, as it were, I think we've accomplished our mission. And then we can start to expand into new maneuvers and, and make it look different. And, and I'll get back to the, the, the premise of your question in a second. Okay. So it's going to be the little differences early on. And 
Boss uh, Guido there mentioned uh, Boss Rude back in 1986. And his goal with the team back then was we're going to go a little bit higher, a little bit slower, a little bit wider, and really learn this airplane first. And I know Boss Kessering has taken on the same mindset, at least through training, to make sure safety comes first. Because we're in the 75th year of the Blue Angels, and, uh, and the goal with these airplanes is to get it to 100. Now, what's going to look different? The Super Hornet is a beautiful airplane. Uh, it's really clean. The paint job uh, is immaculate. Boeing has done a great job with it. Uh, and it's bigger. It's a bigger plane, as you know. And I think some of the maneuvers, uh, for example, where I think the Super Hornet looks different than a Legacy Hornet is with the top-down view. They may look a little bit very similar sideways or side-on or platform view, but looking down on them, so things like the Diamond 360 or some of the loops, uh, you're going to just see the plane a little bit better. And then it's louder. Those uh, F-414 engines are loud. If you've always dreamt of a career in aviation while keeping your feet on the ground, then Air Corps Aviation is the place for you. Since 2008, Air Corps Aviation has been at the forefront of modernizing the airworthiness of legacy aircraft dating back to World War II. Their dedicated team specializes in numerous aerospace disciplines, including manufacturing, fabrication, restoration, and support, all while incorporating state-of-the-art technology. In 2024, Air Corps Aviation is expanding its team with job openings in engineering and computer-aided design, quality, fabrication, and restoration. Live where others vacation in northern Minnesota while enjoying paid time off, health insurance and savings accounts, retirement plans, life insurance, and best of all, most Fridays off. If you're ready to be a part of a team fulfilling dreams through the preservation of historical aircraft, visit aircoreaviation.com careers and take your first step towards an exciting career in aviation. That's aircoreaviation.com careers. Visit today. The solos uh, were flying over the field here a little bit earlier today, and it's loud. So uh, that's going to be fun, too. Bring that's part own. of the appeal of the air that's show, right. right? It's fast, it's loud, it's low, it's exciting. And then the swagger of the pilots and the professionalism of the show. I, yeah, I'm really disappointed 2020 didn't work out. but I think 21 is going to make up for it. I hope so. Well, let's see. Is there a schedule already written? I mean, I would think there has to be. even though Yeah, yeah next month. They'll publish the schedule next month. Okay. I'm saying, I think right now, I'm pretty sure it's on their website right now at blueangels.navy.mil for the 21 season, but the finalized 21 schedule will be out in December. Yeah, because it's not like we can just wait until we work out all the bugs. We have to assume that the transition will go smoothly because you can't just show up on a Wednesday for an air show. There's a lot that goes into that, as I understand. What about the, so for example, the duration of the show, the Super Hornet carries more fuel than a Legacy Hornet, but maybe that's not the, the factor. Do you see, foresee any difference in the length of the show? Not now. I would say if you wanted to use all the fuel in that Super Hornet, you may have to take an intermission and let the team go hold overhead for a minute and then come back, take a bathroom break, because uh, there's a lot of gas in that jet. Yeah. So you can, again, apply safety to that. So if you need to divert fuel that's, that's further away, so a resting gear or something we look at a lot in, in a Hornet, as you know. So you can expand that. You can use that fuel for safety reasons. You can also, when you go to higher air shows or higher elevations, so we have a higher density altitude, uh, mm -hmm. thinner air, jet performs differently, obviously. So we looked at potential maybe putting less fuel in the jet, less weight, and then making the, the jet work the same. So to your question about length of a show, right now they're looking to keep it uh, about the same. 
Well, and I imagine someone who studies air shows would probably also say that if it's too long, people lose interest. And if it's too short, then it's not enough for the effort to get there. So it was kind of a tongue in cheek question, uh, knowing yeah. a little bit about the two aircraft, but also that air shows are built a certain way. Because, for example, you guys are generally, in fact, I think, is it a requirement? Are you the headline act typically at the end? We tend to go at the end. We'll go wherever they want us. At least okay. you know, I was there. I think uh, Guido probably say it's the same thing as uh, we're just glad to be there and I'll fly wherever you want me. Yeah. Guido, what do you think, though? I mean, this transition, we talked about the one in 1986. And by the way, I don't know about you guys. I'm guessing I'm a little older, but uh, I do remember seeing the blues in A4s and, and, and loved it. I remember at Point Magoo in California. But that transition was an entirely new type model series. I mean, the A4 didn't even have afterburner, so at least you have that emergency, if you will. But also, I bet, I could be remembering incorrectly, but pilots that went from the fleet to the Blue Angels then had probably not flown the A4 since flight school, whereas pilots coming to the team now are coming from Super Hornet squadrons for the most part. So you talked about being a little higher, a little farther apart, a little slower, but I don't know, Guido, don't you think this transition is a lot different than the last one? I do. And I, I remember the A4s as well, uh, going to the show at Moffett Field, the vivid memories of the Delta landing and, and the really fast roll rate and the, those chrome uh, intakes, you know, mm -hmm. just so vividly burned into my mind. And so, you know, in talking with some of the transition guys from then, it was completely different. You know, they all came from whatever their fleet airplane was, a lot of A7s and, you know, F4s, F14s, those those kind of guys were jumping into the A4, which they had flown a, you know, a trainer version of, uh, as you did in flight school. You know, so, you know, I think the A4 was a, you know, like an old glove in some ways, but then the kind of flying they were doing with it was really, really dynamic. And I think the airplane really lent itself to that. You know, it was a, a really good formation flyer, the shape of it, they could fly really close together kind of and have the airplanes fit together very naturally. And so I think the, the boss rude and talking to him about his mindset, you know, they're, now they're in this afterburning fighter with fly by wire and a heads up display. And those were all big differences. And so, you know, he just took a really conservative mindset and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to figure this out very methodically and we're going to do it the right way so that we don't bite off more than we can chew and realize, you know, uh, you know, that it's not working out. And then keep in mind too, that the airplane was just hitting the fleet. It was essentially brand new, yeah. uh, a couple of squadrons on each coast, maybe as the blues were getting their airplanes and an analogous thing happening in the air force with the F-16 and the Thunderbirds getting the jet. And so the corporate knowledge was, you know, almost nil. And so they were doing a lot of sort of trial and error. And I think um, that warranted a lot of prudence. Now, you know, I, I guess we'd have to look, but I would guess most every pilot on the team has Super Hornet experience prior to this, you know, one, one through seven. And so they're going to be very familiar with the airplane, but in a different environment. And so I think it's, um, it's really important to be methodical. Um, I think the tolerance for error is a lot lower now than it was then. Just a lot more pressure on, you know, naval aviation and, and the safety piece and, and rightfully so. So I, I think that, you know, is maybe equalizes some of the pressure, but the opportunity to, to be really, really methodical, both with the transition team, the flying that, that Popeye and, uh, is doing with a few other X's, and then the, the approach, I think most importantly, that Boss Kesselring is taking is, is spot on. And, and so I don't think it's gotten any easier, even though we are all coming with Hornet or Super Hornet experience. I think it's just different. 
And the more we can figure out in, in advance, we'll just allow them to refine the maneuvers and, and be flying them safely sooner. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, Popeye, is this the only transition the Blues have been going through? I thought I remember seeing some headlines about the C-130. That's right. Yeah, they've got a brand new <laughs> C-130J. So I uh, actually got a couple flights on that. It's a That's a great airplane, too. So it's yeah. good to it's good to see that 2020 was definitely a transition year. And uh, right after they had end of season here in Pensacola, where they finished up their season here a few weeks ago, I was outside with my family and I, I saw Fat Albert launch for the first time with the team on it, going to do some uh, public affairs training up in, in Washington, D.C. And it was very indicative of what I think 2021 is going to be, is there's brand new Fat Albert in the air with the team on it and right out of the gate for what will be the 21 season uh, their training's getting off uh, off quickly. Uh, so you're going to see a brand new C-130J and then uh, EF Super yeah. Hornets. Now, I do have to ask you guys, even though it's, I think, relatively well publicized, but on behalf of my generation who doesn't follow the news super closely, what happened to the Jado bottles? Those were awesome. I love the Jado takeoffs. So did I. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we ran out of them. Yeah. You ran out of the uh, pods? Yeah. yeah. I think there's still some left out there that are that – are, for uh, special uh, maybe contingencies, okay. but uh, we couldn't use them anymore. Right. But that J model, the performance on that is equivalent to a T model with uh, with Jado. Yeah. So whereas the F-18, probably for the last 25, 30 years, with the exception of some F-14 pilots coming over, mostly come from the Hornet fleet to the Hornet Blue Angel team. But I wonder for the last couple of years, as the Hornet, the legacy Hornet sundowned, were you getting a lot of the junior pilots, if you will, the uh, two through six from Super Hornet? So were they already flying for the first time in aircraft they had not flown before? Yeah, you bet. And just as Guido said, yeah, everybody coming to the team now on the Navy side has Super Hornet experience and usually more, if not only Super Hornet experience. The Marines, for the most part, are, are legacy Hornet experience coming right. in. We did have an F-35 guy join the team here recently uh, huh? who had Harrier and F-35 experience, which which can happen, doesn't happen that often. We've had Harrier guys on the team before. Uh, so to your question, for the most part, everybody comes with a little or a lot of super hard experience. Okay. If someone is flying something else in the fleet and going to the Super Hornet, that in itself is a transition. Is that particularly risky or I, I assume there's a syllabus for that as well? It does elevate the risk a little bit. Every pilot has a very tailored syllabus for their training. Everybody, there's some things you pick up quickly, some things that are harder. Uh, you know, for me, it would be one maneuver every few weeks. Would just I, I would have a hitch in my swing, and it just that would be the tough one. Uh, but there's some things that are just they're harder for others, and you kind of hone that syllabus for each each person. So if you need a little more time with systems and learning the aircraft. Uh, you'll get that because you get a pretty good uh, instructor to student ratio here with, here with Blues. It's usually one to one. So yeah, I imagine so. All right. So then, uh, barring any other questions I haven't asked you, there's only one more I can think of, and that is you said this is the 75th anniversary of the team. Congratulations, first off, and that it's your job to help get this transition to 100. So looking in the crystal ball, what happens 25 years from now? 25 years from now, what? After the Super Hornet, I guess, is what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And, uh, <laughs> Too soon to tell, but... Whoever is uh, enlisting in the Navy right now or uh, maybe finish up college, uh, we'll ask them here soon. <laughs> well, I mean, a blue and gold F-35, is that possible? See, now, again, I'm probably treading on dangerous territory. 
Yeah, you might be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question for sure, but I think we're going to have super hornets and, and hornets around for a while. So I know they'll get us to 100 after that. Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been amazingly enlightening. Uh, Guido, I'll start with you. Uh, what did I not ask or what does the general public need to know about the transition from the hornet to the super hornet? Oh, no, I mean, we could probably talk about it all day, but um, I think it's going to be really neat. You know, the Super Hornet uh, represents the carrier force, right? It's, it's Super Hornets, Growlers, and, and F-35s now out there. And so I think bringing that fleet right to, you know, the hometown and seeing the, you know, just just, just how impressive those airplanes are, the, getting to see the crews that maintain them, uh, getting to, to just experience that. And, you know, I think the noise is a, a valid point that, that Bob brought up. You know, it's, it's you're going to be able to, you know, hear the sound of freedom there with, you know, the Delta going up and in, into the, you know, vertical or whatever. So I, I think it's, uh, I think it's just going to be a really exciting time. I think, you know, people that have seen the blues for years will be excited to see the new show. People that have never seen it will, will be impressed. But I think most importantly, that and the and the Super Hercules, having the, the fleet representative airplanes, um, the latest and greatest that, that our frontline operators are flying out there is a really cool thing. And I, I think the Navy got it right in doing this. Uh, you know, it took a lot to get it done. You know, there was a, a, there was a lot of money involved in, a, in many years of a lot of good people working really hard to, to make this happen. And I think it, 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 was, it was really cool that it is happening for that mission, you know, getting out there, inspiring people and, and being able to represent the front line out there in, in that effort, I think is really cool. And I think it's also, you know, it's at a time where those things matter. You know, we, yeah. we're, you know, the, the country's going through a lot, you know, hopefully there's, you know, some, some healing effect and some patriotism that comes out of all this and, um, some inspiration. So that's, that's what gets me fired up about it. I can't wait to see him yeah. uh, in the jet. It's going to be a magnificent thing to, to witness. Oh, for sure. And let's hope that there are generations of young people like you and I, right? So you at Moffat, me at Point Magoo, go to these shows, get wowed, and all of a sudden, oh, that's the direction of our life. And so that really is the point, isn't it, is to let people know that this is a worthwhile career, but also that the professionalism of the team is second to none. And so, yeah, that's just great. And so Popeye, uh, I think what you guys are doing is amazing. What have I not asked you about the transition that we need to think about today? Well, yeah, just to echo one other point, I'm here because of air shows and seeing flying and things like that, like the blues, Thunder, Thunderbirds or whoever, Golden Knights. Uh, I just wanted to be a part of it. I'm just lucky to be yeah. a part of the Navy, Naval Aviation and, uh, and talk about uh, the icing on top of uh, being a Blue Angel. So yeah. there's not a day that goes by I don't thank my lucky stars for what I get to do. And there wasn't a day that I that went by when I was wearing that blue suit that I wouldn't look down at that blue suit that I watched um, heroes go by in that thing when I was a kid. And that that gold helmet and uh, that I got to be a part of that um, is very, very special and an honor and privilege to be a part of. But the other thing is, and Guido mentioned it there a little bit, is the the mountains of work that got done by so many people to make this transition happen. It's pushing six years now of, you know, people like Guido and, and Boss Brosh from, you know, former team members uh, learning how to fly the thing. And then just all the engineers at Nav Air, NavSup, Boeing, you, there's so many people. And, and I would miss more than half if I tried to list them all right here. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the level of effort that went into this is, is significant and, and it's going to pay off at 21 at a time, as Guido said as well, at a time that we, I think we need it. No doubt. 
Well, Ryan Bernacki, Eric Doyle, both former Blue Angel bosses, spending some time today to help us understand the transition of the team from the Hornet to the Super Hornet. This has been an amazing discussion, guys. I really want to thank you both. And Good luck to you. And uh, I guess just real quick before we go, Guido, last time we talked to you, you were at the Naval Academy. Is that still where you are? That's yeah. I'm sitting in my office here at the Naval Academy. The the lights coming in through the, the Severn River, just about where Center Point is, um, over my shoulder there when the Blues fly the show here. And so, yeah, I'm I'm still really lucky. I'm working with midshipmen here, and cool. um, you know, leadership mission and aviation mission here at. at Navy. And uh, it's really, really cool. It's, uh, you know, it ties right into what Popeye was just saying, you know, it, it's, it's coming full circle and seeing the future and, you know, and, and especially in 2020, the resilience of the young men and women here that will, that will take our places and go forward. It's just really a, a great experience and a privilege to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad for what you're doing up there. And I know that you are making a difference for those young people, especially who want to go into aviation in your role. Uh, Popeye, what about you? Most guys don't leave the team and then stay on the team. Is this a a good deal career move for you? I mean, are you going to keep playing the game? Are you thinking about your own transition? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Well, it's going great for me. You can ask Boss Kessler. He's probably ready for me to get out of here and get out of here. <laughs> yeah, now it is. The old guy needs to get out and uh, get out of the way. But uh, it's been a real special experience, and and that's what's unique about the team is, you know, in the fleet when you turn over, you get out and and you change your email address, you turn your phone off, and you get the heck out of there as quick as you can. And we do that for the most part here with the team. But you've got to reach out to all the former team members. And so, you know, I'm talking to Guido, I'm talking to Boss Frosh, I'm talking to Boss McWhorter, uh, even now, even folks that didn't fly this plane. And so I talked to Boss Kesselring a lot. We're actually next door neighbors. So <laughs> you want to get away, you want to leave it to the, to the new team and let them do their thing. But at the same time, uh, you've built a relationship with that team. And so it, it helps to be able to, to stay involved a little bit. So I, I get to wear a flight suit a little bit longer and, and fly airplanes. So I'll hang on as long as the Navy lets me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been amazing, guys. I want to thank you for your time and, and good luck to the Blue Angels. And I hope to see them at an air show in 2021. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Thanks to our title sponsor, National University. National University is committed to supporting veterans, active duty personnel, and military families through flexible online courses and master's and doctoral programs in high-demand fields, providing excellent career advancement opportunity. National University is a yellow ribbon school that proudly accepts the post-9-11 GI Bill and goes the extra mile by offering additional assistance to cover expenses that may not be covered by the GI Bill. To learn more, visit nu.edu forward slash veteran.